0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, Psalm 78. I'm going to read here. Today, I'm just making a slight shift in where I've been teaching you. We've been on a series entitled Power to Be. I've been sharing and using that foundation verse in Acts 1-8. The the Bible tells us there what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what happens? You'll receive power to be my witnesses, Jesus said. He said you're to stay in Jerusalem and to receive this gift of power, the Holy Spirit. He says then you'll be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So I've been teaching us about the power to be. Today I'm going to stay on this subject of the Holy Spirit, but I'm starting some new, some new messages entitled, Receive the Power. Receive the Power. Church family, I want you to listen to me. We're not a Spirit-filled church just because that's our doctrine or preaching. We're a Spirit-filled church because we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. How many can say amen to that? So what I'm going to do for the next two or three weeks is I'm going to teach you how to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how to receive that online, on site. I have a prayer. I'm going to ask you to agree with me. It's a big, bold prayer. I want you to agree with me in prayer that you're going to begin to pray with me every day, these next few weeks, that every single Christian connected to Calvary, on site, online, is going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. How many will pray with me for that in Jesus' name? Baptized in the Holy Spirit. So let me explain the need of this. I I don't think I really need to, but let's make sure we understand. Pastor, why are you staying on this Holy Spirit theme? Because God's leading me to. Because there's such a need. As I read the book of Acts, okay? I'm going to get to Psalm 78. Don't give up on me. Your, your device will time out, but you can open it back up again, okay? Why? Why this series on the Holy Spirit? When I study the book of Acts, I love to read the book of Acts. You know, when you, when you read the book of Acts, it's like the Bible avengers comic book you understand what i'm saying i mean it's just like these holy spirit superheroes i just love to read the book of acts it's amazing to see how the church began and as i studied the book of acts there were two times two situations as you read the book of acts the history of how the church began where there would be a fresh outpouring of the holy spirit now the original one was in acts two the day the church began But that was not the only one. Time again and again and again, as you read through the book of Acts, you'll see the Holy Spirit was poured out. The Holy Spirit was poured out. They were filled again. They were filled again. Here's the two times that happens. When there was a crisis facing the church, or when there was a great opportunity every time there was a crisis a challenge to the church God gave them a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit every time there was an opportunity a new open door another country another language group another opportunity outpouring of the Holy Spirit so God pours His Spirit out when there's crisis and when there's opportunity I'm here to tell you today I believe the church in America has never faced a greater crisis Or a greater opportunity than we have right now. I believe that this crisis moment and this opportunity moment, I want you to get this, have lined up and we're under a double opportunity for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I, I know, you know, what's going on with the coronavirus, what's going on with our unrest in this nation is an opportunity for the devil to shut the mouth of the church to push the church away to divide us from one another there is a crisis where the church cannot go away we are having to do church differently, but it will come to pass, amen, and we're going to be on track and ready. So the devil wants to stop the voice of the church. Some people will try to tell us what you can do when you get into church. You can sing or you can't sing, all this stuff. The devil wants to stop the church, close our message, but at the same time, I don't think our culture has ever been more open and vulnerable to a real move of God, now, the difference is, I'm not talking about our culture ready for religion. They've walked off from religion. But we have an opportunity to bring the reality of a real God who has power to impact their life. We are lined up in this moment, and we need to understand that. Now, I'm, I'm not a big, big, uh, you know, study of pop culture. I stay connected because I want to tell you something. This culture is not our enemy. It's our target. How many heard what I just said? this culture is not our enemy we're not we're not you got to get this it's not the church against all this crazy culture did you hear me that's not our enemy our enemy is Satan the culture is our target no, I'm not a. I, you know, I'm, again, I'm not a big guy on pop culture. I I'm busy trying to study. I'm trying to get kingdom culture. How many understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to stay full of the word, full of prayer, understanding God, moving. But we are impacting culture. There, there's a young lady who's very popular now. Her name's Billie Eilish. I just read recently. She said that she just. She said over the years, religion just left my life. She said, you know, I I'm not, I'm not a big God person believe God. Religion just left me. I want you to understand terminology. I'm not surprised that she walked off from religion. I'm not surprised that religion didn't meet her need. What happened, religion is empty, it's man-made, and it's unfulfilling. Christianity was never a religion. It's a relationship. Religion is man trying to find and fight and earn his way to God. Christianity was God coming to us in the middle of our sin and our mess and our brokenness. If you listen to the music of our culture, music will tell you the culture. If you listen to our music, think about it. Think about what we hear. The music is all about the problem. There's nothing about the answer. In other words, people are listening, say, Yeah, I, you know, it's about the search. I'm hurting. Listen, I'm not bashing secular music. I'm saying, Get the message. Listen to what it's saying. And what is it about? I'm hurting. I'm lonely. I'm broken. No one cares. I've been left. I've been this. I've been that. I'm on this. I'm, you know, I'm zany. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all that. What's going on? What? They're saying, I'm not getting there. I'm hurting. I'm not making it. But I don't hear anybody say, I am making it. I have found it. I do have an answer. That's who we are. Now watch this process. It has gone on from the beginning of the human race. Psalm 78, I know you thought I wasn't going to get there. you shame when you for doubting me. Psalm 78, I want you to look at verse number 40. Watch what happens when we try to communicate the goodness of God, the love of God we rejoiced over today without his power to back it up. Okay? Watch what happens. Now, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm leading there, I'm laying some foundation. We're going to talk about how to receive this power, but we will make sure we understand the need for it. That's what I'm doing. So Psalm 78, verse 40. How often they rebelled against him in the desert and grieved him in the wasteland. Who is he talking about here? This is the generation that came out of Egypt that were liberated from 400 years of slavery. Miraculously, 10 miracles God sent until Pharaoh let them go. Then he parts the Red Sea and delivers them. These people who had the promise to go into the promised land. And changed the future for their children. Changed the future of everyone involved. This this blessed and chosen generation. What did they do though with their opportunity? Verse 40. They often rebelled against God in the desert. Grieved Him in the wasteland. Verse 41. Again and again they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. Not good. But why? Look at the next verse. They did not... Remember his power. They did not remember his power. Listen to me guys. A powerless church. Has no valid witness. To a hurting culture. A powerless church. Will soon become a church that forgets. Who God really is. These people. Had seen miracles. This generation. Maybe no generation ever. Has seen what they've seen. Red Seas parted. Millions fed every day with manna from heaven. The Bible says their clothes never wore out. Now the husbands are like that. The wives didn't, but there was nowhere to shop in the desert, so it's okay. Clothes never wore out. Shoes never wore out. No one ever got sick. Water out of a rock. Manna fell from heaven. Quail out of the sky. And they forgot the power of God. They just walked over the power of God. And when the power of God, a God of power, a God of reality, a God of encounter, not a God of the history books and a God of a sweet by and by, but a real powerful, tangible encounter God changes that. They forgot him. And because of that, verse 42, they did not remember his power the day he redeemed them from the oppressor, the day he displayed his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders in the region of Zoan. See, what happens to us when we just have a dated Christianity, when we just go to church out of religion, when we begin to walk in, the, in a fading glow of what saved us initially, when Christianity just becomes culture instead of relationship, we forget who God really is. Go to Judges chapter 2 with me. I'll show you another generation that I'm going to give you the example of Jesus. Judges chapter 2. Turn there with me, please. Judges, the second chapter. In verse number 10, I want want you to see this. Now, now, I just talked about the first generation out of Egypt turned their backs on God again and again and again until finally God said, I can't bring you in the promised land. I can't take you in. You've missed it. So their children... The second generation looked at the failure of their parents and said, we don't want to do that again. We're tired of wandering around in the desert. We're hungry for reality. We're thirsty for the promise of God. This going in a circle can't be all there is to life. And so they believed God and they followed Joshua. And that second generation went in and, and God used them to clear the nations out. And they, they triumphantly marched through his conquerors and took the promised land. They saw God's power. They encountered His power. They were used by God. They knew God. But what about their children? Another generation coming up. Judges 2 verse 10. Watch this. These are the kids of the conquerors. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Had died. Another generation grew up. Look at this. Who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. Somehow... This generation of conquerors never passed that on to their kid. Somehow, this generation of conquerors never passed it on. The Bible said their kids didn't even know God. They knew about God. There's a big difference in knowing about God and knowing God. How many understand that? There's a big difference in knowing about a person and knowing a person. See, And then it says... They didn't know about God. They didn't know God, and they didn't know what he had done. They'd never seen his power. They'd never encountered his power. Here was a generation rising without an encounter with God. No power, just like the first one we read about. And watch what happens as a result of that in verse 11. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them up out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the asterisks. In other words, in the void of a real living present tense God, these other false things came in their life. What I'm saying to you today that we should not be surprised when we look at our culture in America today because this culture has evolved in the void of a powerful God. This culture has gripped and and, and grabbed for anything it could because they have not encountered the power of the living God through His church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. There has to be. An encounter. There has to be a meeting of this God if we're going to see this. So what did Jesus do about this? We see this generational disconnect. We see the damage when there's no power of God present. Church family, I want to. I said this earlier this year, I want to say it again, it's, it's a radical statement and I don't like it, but I'm going to tell you, I believe we reached a place in America where the church will either be empowered by the Holy Spirit or become a, a, a memory in the past. I don't believe the church will stay alive without the power of the Holy Spirit right now. I don't believe in what we face that a church operating on religion and human ability will be able to survive in this moment. But I believe a church empowered by the Holy Spirit, and once the church is not a building, it's you and me, is ready for one of our greatest opportunities. Greatest opportunity. So, what did Jesus do in the midst of dead religion? John 7, turn there with me. John, the seventh chapter, verse 37, 38, 39. I want you to see this. The setting is very much like today, like those other generations. There had been 400 years. Interesting, isn't it, that the generation that came out of Egypt had been slaves 400 years. And now Israel has so sinned against God that he's had to take his hand off them. And there had been no prophet. There had been no word from God. There had been no power, no miracles, no Elijah, no Elisha, no Samuel, no men of God, no women of God to bring God's power to them. 400 years, silence, silence, just laws and religion. And they had so developed this religion, this religious ritual, there was no place for God in it. People were desperate and weary and overwhelmed, and there was a void of reality created. And so in John 7, Jesus is ready to begin his ministry, it's early in his ministry. It's public ministry. And so, watch this. The people are gathered in Jerusalem. John seven thirty seven says, It was on the last day of the great feast. So they had been there for a week. Religion, 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 religion. Ritual, ritual, ritual. And now thousands are gathered. Get this picture. In the courts of the temple in Jerusalem. On Mount Moriah. Thousands. And the priest steps out. Before them, he holds this golden vessel. And inside of it is water and wine mixed together. It's called a drink offering that's going to be poured out on the altar before God. Now I want you to understand, all those symbols represented something that was real. But it had gone away from them. There was no more real, no more encounter, no more personal experience with God. Just symbols and rituals. And the priest comes and thousands wait, maybe this time. And they hush as he steps up to pour the water out. They want to hear it splash on the altar. They want to know, did something happen? But for 400 years, nothing, 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 nothing. But on this day, just as everybody goes silent, just as they're watching the priest, all of a sudden, someone raises their voice. This voice, the voice of Jesus. And he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Can you imagine? He broke protocol. His name wasn't on the agenda that day. He just stands up and says, hey, if anyone is really thirsty, come to me. You'll drink and rivers, not a bowl, not a priest, not a dribble, not a ritual. Everything that's a picture of, I am it. Everything that's a ritual, I am it. If you come to me, you'll drink living water and out of you, it flows and flows and flows they were stunned his answer to religion is reality his answer to dry thirsty people is come to Jesus he began that and he said if if you're thirsty, let me ask you today, anybody thirsty in this room right now? Anybody hungry for more of Jesus? Anybody would say, Lord, I need you. I want you. I'm not thirsty for religion. I'm not thirsty for, for culture. I'm thirsty for God. I'm starving for God. I want more of you. Jesus rattled it. He changed everything. He said, rivers. Not a little bit. Rivers. He said anyone. Do you get it? Not just the priest. Everybody can have it now. Everyone can receive this. Everyone can have life. Everyone can be full. All your empty places. All the broken places. God so changes us that it begins to flow out of us. This promise. This baptism. We we studied it. Jesus said you're going to go after his death and resurrection. You're going to preach the gospel to all the world but don't go. Till the power comes in your life. Don't go to receive the promise. And what happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? He said, You'll receive what? Power to be my witnesses to the whole earth. So here's this picture. A day's coming, he said. Verse 39, he made it clear. By this, he meant the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified what does that mean he said when I go back to the father I'm not gonna leave you alone I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and as Jesus after his death and resurrection ascended back to heaven the Holy Spirit came on this place and something shifted and changed are you with me church I'm building your faith so you'll receive let, let me show you this picture go to John chapter 1 and verse 29 John 1 29. Jesus set the example did you hear what I said Jesus set the example John the Baptist was prophesied as the forerunner of Christ. One would go before him, declaring the way, saying the Messiah's come, the kingdom's come. And John gives his account here. John the Baptist in the wilderness. Jesus is ready to begin his ministry. Listen, he'd been on the earth for 30 years inside that human body. He'd been waiting for his moment. We didn't read about any miracles. We didn't read about any preaching. We didn't read about any demons cast out. He was waiting for his moment. And before he began that ministry that changed the world forever, he had to receive something. Jesus did. So let's look at John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God, I love this, who takes away the sin of the world. Aren't you thankful? Listen, come on. This is what power does. Jesus not only forgives you. How many love forgiveness? Tell the truth. How many are for forgiveness? I'm for forgiveness. But you gotta get this. If all the church can do is offer you forgiveness, we're cutting something out of what Jesus wants to do. Because he said, here's the Lamb of God. Who does what? Read it again. Who does what with my sin? Takes it away takes it away. I want Jesus to take it away from me. Come on. You understand? He not only forgives you, he delivers you. He not only forgives you, he takes it away from you. God, take it off me. God, take it away from me. God, rip it out of me at the roots. Come on. Anybody with me today? We're not just coming to church to be pacified. We're coming to encounter the God who loves you enough to forgive you and change you. I'm preaching on that too much. Let's go. Verse 30. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. What does that mean? He said, there's one coming after me who's greater because he's been there from the beginning. He's God. Verse 31, I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. Watch this. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, look at this, and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and second time remain is he who will do what? Baptize with what? The Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Now watch this. How did John baptize? He baptized in what? Water. The cold waters of the Jordan River. I've been baptized there. It's chilly. It's come down off Mount Carmel. And it's chilly. So John baptizes you, baptizes them in the Jordan. Got that? But he said, there's one coming after me. He said, he's here. That's him. And he said, he's going to baptize you how? What did you just read? How will he baptize us? In the what? Holy Spirit and fire. Do you realize that Jesus is not only our Savior? He's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit have you ever thought through what is Jesus doing now he came to this earth he was always there from the beginning he's God he created everything John 1 says that exists but he took on human flesh came to this earth lived a sinless life took my place on the cross shed his blood paid the price died there buried in a tomb resurrected three days later 40 days he showed himself to the apostles and he ascended back to heaven. And what is he doing there now? Well, the Bible says he's before the throne of God representing us. Come on, I like that. I got, you talk about, you got a good lawyer. I have a lawyer who's never lost a case. Somebody tell the truth. No matter how bad it's been, and the devil brings the, I'm preaching the wrong sermon today, but the devil brings the evidence before God and said, George Sawyer's guilty. He did this, he did this, he did that. And the father looks at Jesus. What do you have to say on his behalf? He says, he did it. And, and, and the Father says, what do you want me to do? And Jesus said, here's my blood, Father, that I shed on the cross. And it wiped it all away. And God looks at you and I and all of our sin and failure and mistake and all we did. And he looks at that and says, not guilty. No charges. No and Set him free. He's ever representing us before the Father. Woo! But that's not all he's doing. He's not only Savior... He's not only advocate... He's baptizing us in the Holy Spirit just like John took them and put them in the waters of the Jordan. Are you with me today, Jesus? Let's not get part of what he does. Let's not just settle for something. I need everything Jesus does. If he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, if that's the title God gave him, then I need what he does. Can somebody say amen? If he's baptizing people, I'm in line. If we need it, I'm in line. I wanted. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And we must learn how to receive that in our lives. He set the example. Do you realize he never began his earthly ministry Till the Holy Spirit came on him. He never healed. He never delivered. He never raised the dead. He never fed 5,000. He never walked on water. He never cast out demons. He never changed prostitutes into women of God. and, And sinners into disciples. Until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Why would we try to do what he did. And represent him without the same power that he had. Look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 10. Now we read in John 1, Mark 1 verse 10. John 1, what did we read? We read this. John said, I saw the Holy Spirit come on him. John baptized Jesus in water. And as Jesus came out of the water, all four of the gospels say, the Holy Spirit came on him. What did we read in John? Did the Holy Spirit come on him and go? No. What did the Holy Spirit do? He remained. Now that was a radical change. Listen to me. That had never happened Until then, no one in human flesh, listen to me in scripture, had ever had the power of God, the Holy Spirit, come on them and remain. In the Old Testament, all the prophets, the priests, the men and women of God, the Bible says the Holy Spirit would come and then He'd lift. He'd come and then He'd lift. Every miracle happened in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't living in them, the Holy Spirit wasn't remaining in them. He would come upon them and He would lift. Are you with me? But now we read, it came on Jesus and remained. Now, watch this. Mark 1, verse 10. There's, there's, there's something here we, we get some insight. John said, I saw the Holy Spirit come. Well, look what happened. Let's get all of this. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being what? Look at this word torn open. Different insight here. It wasn't this nice little settling down. You know, we think about this dove just kind of gliding, you know. Isn't that sweet? Little dove on Jesus. And some people say, you know, the Holy Spirit, and, and, and he is gentle, but he's not skittish. Is that an Alabama word? Let me try to think of another word. The Holy Spirit's not easily frightened. Did you know that? Did you know that? We've done some bad teaching in the church. Like, i got to walk along. If I do anything wrong, whoo, he's gone. If I, if I do one thing, Holy Spirit's gone. Hold on, please, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit. Do you know He wants to help you more than you need that help? Do you know that He's stronger than you think He is? Do you know the Holy Spirit is not going to run away from a challenge? Are you listening to me? Of course we live a holy life and serve God with all of our hearts. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to stop worrying about the Holy Spirit leaving you. He's come to help you. So watch this. So, So what happened? He saw heaven being what? Torn open. And the Spirit descending on Him like a dove. Do you understand this word heaven is not the heaven where God throne dwells. This word heaven is used throughout the New Testament. Little H, see that's not capitalized. It's the heavenly realms. It's the spirit world. It's where angels and demons live around us. The fourth dimension, the spirit realm, that's, that exists. We just don't see it, but it's there. So up until this time, you have to understand, the Bible says when Adam and Eve sinned and fell in the garden, Satan stole the authority God had given him, and Satan was the spiritual kingpin on this earth all those years. He was the spiritual strength on earth. God never lost his place in heaven. But you need to understand, when the Holy Spirit came to remain, Are you with me? When the Holy Spirit came to remain, to remain, to abide, to be on human flesh, there was a war at that moment. Every power of hell said, if we don't stop this now, we're in trouble. The devil said, we don't have enough demons that if all these followers of Jesus become baptized in the Holy Spirit and I have to deal with little Jesus running around everywhere, we're going to lose this thing. So when the power of the Holy Spirit was sent to remain upon Jesus, Jesus, it had to tear through all the strongholds of hell. It had to rip open a hole that allowed the kingdom of heaven to come. And the good news is, the hole it ripped open is still open today. God opened a way for the Spirit to come and remain on His people. It was a battle. See, Satan is not like God. He doesn't know everything. He's not everywhere at once. So he tried to concentrate everything on Jesus. But when he understood, oh, me, if all these folks get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I can't stop them. There's going to be a revival in Ethiopia, a revival in Korea, a revival in Ireland, a revival in Alabama, a revival in Nova Scotia. What am I going to do? i got to stop this now. And God just broke through that and said, it's time time. It's time. Guys, we have this opportunity. It's time for us to receive this power in our life. Go to Acts 2 with me. We're going to read some verses here and then we're going to pray. Acts 2. How many are going to Acts chapter 2? Turn there with me. Verse 1. I want to build your faith. I want you to understand we're going to pray to receive this in our life. God, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian. When does the Holy Spirit enter your life? Listen very closely to me, this statement. When does the Holy Spirit enter your life? The moment, the second you're born again. The second you're born again. Every born-again Christian, listen to me, has the Holy Spirit living in them. Now, some old-line Pentecostals, that's why I am a Pentecostal. I'm not an old-liner, I guess. I'm a new-liner. They will tell you, I've heard people say, well, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive more of the Holy Spirit. That's inaccurate. He's not given in doses. You have him or you don't. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit enters your life. Well, what happens when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit? There's an outpouring of power in your life. There's a release of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know those rivers Jesus talked about? They start breaking through in your life. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be like Jesus. To be his witness to do what he did. Can I tell you right now, you may not know what you're praying, but there's some women in this church right now. You, you've been praying, or you better start praying. God baptized my husband in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's going to lift him to another level. Are you listening to me, lady? Now, now let me go another side, lady. There's some men in this church praying right now. Jesus, my wife needs to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, anybody with me right now? I'm t- why? Why? Because there's a power that's greater than our human ability. There's an anointing to do what that Bible says we're to do. Don't you think this culture needs to see good marriages? Don't you think one of the greatest witnesses we could have are godly marriages where men love their wives and wives love their husbands? When you go to work, instead of all of it is is a gripe about my spouse meeting, Everybody gets to work. Well, my husband did this. Yeah, we ought to see what my husband did. Well, mind you, boy, you think he's bad. You ought to see the rascal I'm married to. Well, why didn't you pick a godly man in the first place? Don't shout me down. To the first God's son. So anyway, okay. Or, 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 or then some of you mean. Well, you know, my wife doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. And I will tell you one thing. If yeah, I know what you mean. And you know, you know, she doesn't look like she used to either. Well, you about fifty pounds more on you too, big boy. You know what? What we need to understand here. What we need to get to is a place where we stop living like the world lives and be swallowed up in this culture. And we begin to have marriages that the world says, "I want a marriage like that. I want a husband like that. I want a wife like that. I want a home like that." Come on, pray. We need to, your children need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When that happens, you stop walking the floor at night saying, my God, protect them tonight. Please bring them home tonight. Don't let them get in jail tonight. Don't let them have a wreck tonight. Acts 2 says, my sons and daughters, your sons and daughters will prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Instead of walking the floor crying your eyes out, where are they? You're going to be walking the floor saying, thank you for anointing my daughter." tonight. Thank you that she's preaching the gospel. Come on, I don't hear you. Thank you for my son. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. He's out there. Thank you, God. Use him. That's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit will do to our families. It goes on and on. It's standard equipment. Look at this with me. Acts 2, verse 1. So what happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? I I want you to see this. we're, We're just laying groundwork today. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on whom? On who? On each of them. Look at verse 4. How does it begin? All of them, each of them, all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, As the Spirit enabled them How in the world has a church So shifted That what was standard In the Bible has become Odd to us now Speaking in tongues Is the initial physical evidence of Being baptized in the Holy Spirit You read through the book of Acts It was common Christianity I say culture changed Not the word I say tradition shifted Not the word Don't let that father you don't let that it's the only why does what god say is a blessing become a negative thing to the church how did that happen to us so that was the baptism of the holy spirit look at verse 17 and 18 i want to give you two things here and we're going to pray verse 17 what does it say in the last days god said i will pour my spirit on whom on all people Who? Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So all people, all gender, male, female, your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams on all ages. Even in my servants, both men and women, no matter what your status in life is, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Listen to me right now. Who can be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Who can receive the power of God? Every born again Christian. Every race Every age, every ethnicity, every gender, I still think there's just two, but every gender, every race, every ethnicity can be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's clear in the Word of God. Listen, there was a flame of fire upon every head. Listen to me. If you have a head, God has a flame. If you have a head, God has a flame. And he has your name on the flame. How many hear what I'm saying today? If you got a head, God got a flame for you. Everyone can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got to say this to you. And this sometimes where we've gotten off track here. Listen, I I, I know this is going to rattle some people. Perfection is not required. What do you mean, Pastor? Just that. Perfection. I've heard some people preach on receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. you got to be Saint Mary of somewhere to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not advocating loose living and ungodly, unholy living. But what I'm telling you, this is a gift from God. And if you're a born-again believer, you're under the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're qualified to receive it. Not perfection. Perfect. What do you mean? Well, look who was in that upper room. Who was up there? Who received it? Well, let me think about just one guy. There's a cussing, denying, running, backsliding Peter. Getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something today to help you to build your faith? Our weaknesses do not repel God. (laughs) They actually attract him. I'm not talking about sin and disobedience or rebellion. I'm telling you the fact that we are perfect. And that we have a weak place is a magnet to the power of God. God is looking for an opportunity to step in your life and show you who he is and what he can do. The very fact that I say, God, I can't do it without you qualifies me to receive everything he has. Anybody with me today? Think of this. My sin Sent Jesus to the cross. Not my righteousness. He died because I had a need. I didn't earn it. I didn't pay for it. It's called the grace of God. My sin caused him to die for me. My perfection isn't going to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. The fact I need the power of God. It's why God looks at his church and comes. Right now you're ready. No matter who you are, where you've been. God's ready to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Who he is. I want you to look at this last thing, just in case. Verse 38 and 39. Peter's preaching to that crowd. <laughs> and what does he say? They said, dear God, what do we do? We believe you. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. He's talking about water there. But he goes on. He's not through. He says, then, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. The promise is for who? He said, who's he? Speaking to people there. Promises for you, those that were there in that moment. It's for everybody here, he said. Do you know that crowd that got saved? Many of those had shouted, crucify. He says it's for you when you repent. Are you with me? Then he goes on and he says, and it's for your children. Oh. So tradition has said only the original twelve apostles could be baptized in the Holy Spirit or lay their hands on someone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't have it today. Well, there are 120 in the upper room, not twelve. And then he says on the first day, it's not just for those alive now with these apostles. He said, everybody here, it's for your kids. There are many children that outlived those original 12 apostles. And then he didn't stop. And then he says, and, and, and for those who are far off, time and distance, those that are far off, I'm going to give it to them. Do you know if, the, if that would have stopped that day? Do you know the first missionary didn't get to New Zealand until 1814? 1814. This was the year... Zero, or 30 years after that. What happened here? God says, time and distance. And then what did he say? To as many as the Lord our God will call. Now I want to show you something. I want to take this lid off this baptistry. If you've been wondering, we're not going to baptize in water today. There's no water in it. You say, well, why you got a baptistry with no water? Because I want to show you something right now. Everybody look at me. I want you to understand something. I want to illustrate something to you. Who can be baptized in the Holy Spirit today? Every Christian in this room. Everyone watching me online if you're a Christian. Who's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Who's the Bible said? I heard Pastor Millio. Let me see anybody else with me. Who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. We're going to let him be represented here. So I want to walk down. I want to show you something. I'm going to, I want to show you. All you do is receive this gift. We've made it so hard. Well, you got to do this. you got to do that. you got to go here. you got to do that to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Look at this. You know what? We put people in this tank with water in it we're going to baptize them in water, right? And the, the pastor baptizes the Christian in the water. But the Bible says Jesus baptizes the Christian in the Holy Spirit. I don't have any water in here, but I want to show you this. All right? We're getting ready to be baptized. So the, per, the baptismal candidate sits down in the water. We're going to sit down where? In the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is there. And so what happens when you're baptized? They ask you if you're a Christian. And what happens? Look at this. Put you down. Then he raises you up. What just happened? What did I do? Watch this. Did I fight for it? Did I earn it? Did I pay for it? Did I struggle with it? Let's do it again. I just surrendered to it. I just laid down in the power of God. That's the will of God. Thank you. I want you to understand something. Do you know how you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? When you just take your life and say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I receive this gift. Are you here today like your pastor and say, God, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. I need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit today. I want you to watch something. I want you to think about this. If you've been here, when we baptize people in water, we get water everywhere up here. It's sloshing all over the place. It's wet. It's dripping. It's running. Sometimes I baptize people. I get too excited. I go down too hard, and it just comes over this thing. And so we have people helping them walk down the steps. Why? Why are they helping them? Because they're wet. Because water's everywhere, and we come down here, and water's sloshing and running. We've got carpet here. We've got people mopping. Why? Because when you've been baptized in water, as you walk off, you're dripping water everywhere. But what I want you to see is Jesus baptizes you in what—the Holy Spirit and fire. And when I come out of that experience, I'm dripping and sloshing fire everywhere I go. Every one of my steps ought to have fire, 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 fire. Fire, fire, fire. It's all over everybody. I'm sorry. If you hug me, I'm going to get fire on you. If you follow me, I'm going to get fire on you. If you watch where the church goes, there should be a trail of fire everywhere we go. We were baptized by Jesus in the fire of the Holy Spirit. And it's in us, on us. It's a fiery mess. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? We ought to be starting Fires everywhere. When students go to school this fall, I pray fire breaks out in the school. When we go to work tomorrow, fire ought to break out at work. When we go in home, fire breaks out. Stand with me. Come on, worship team. I want you to stand with me right now. Fire. Baptized in fire. What an amazing gift. The power of God. The power of God. Did you see how simple that was? Did you see how simple that was? I don't baptize myself. I just let Jesus baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I don't pay for it. He paid for it on the cross. I don't earn it. He qualified you. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you believe in Jesus as your Savior, He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. We call Him Savior. He's also baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It's the gift for the church. Why would we want to be the church and not have the gift? Why would we want to try to represent him without the same fire that he waited on before he began his ministry? This incredible gift, church, is not out of your reach. It's for everyone. The question today, listen to me, is not will he. The question is, do I want it? It's just that simple. The question is not will he. The question is, do I want it? So I want to ask you today, why would we not want it? Well, I didn't ask you where you grew up or I'm not trying to be unkind I'm not asking you about your theology I'm asking about your heart right now if a gift is from God and we just read that why would I not want it are we saying I can get along without it wow are we saying I'll take you as Jesus the Savior but I don't need the baptizer and the Holy Spirit I'll let you be somewhat of Jesus but I don't need all of Jesus come on think how we go where did we get there i think we come to a place where you have to say yeah god i'm hungry the very thing jesus said his address the beginning of his if you're thirsty is the word if if that's the word to the church today opportunity and crisis like we've never had and what he's saying is if if you're thirsty are you thirsty are, are, are you thirsty well, come on will you let me baptize you See, we've made it so hard. Well, what do you do? You just surrender. Oh. oh, thank you, Jesus. You just put yourself in his hands and say, I trust you. You know what? We have a problem. Well, we have a problem letting go, don't we? Don't we have a problem letting go? I don't ever try to call attention to it or make fun of it, and I'm not trying to be funny now. Just to illustrate it. Sometimes, even in this little bitty tank here, when I baptize people, you know, they're supposed to go all the way down. But some, right at the last minute, grab my arm. I'm about to have to lay down in there to get him down. Why? Oh, control. Just about to go down. Lord, have mercy. You know what? Don't do that to him today. Why don't we trust him? You know what the Bible says? If you earthly fathers being evil, your son asks you for a fish, you don't give him a stone. Or bread, you don't give him a snake. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you think that if you ask God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, He would ever allow Satan to come in and give you a counterfeit? Never. Never. I believe right now there's an anointing for you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Right here. Right there online. What are we going to do? We're going to lift our hands in a moment. We're just going to begin to worship. First you ask Him, God, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As that begins to happen in your life, there's going to be... Everybody's different. You might feel, man fires inside, you may feel little things like that, it may not be anything but there's going to be a presence of God manifested in different ways and as you worship Him it's amazing, you know what He does, He looks and He says, you know, I'm going to fill you with my power that's the goal, power, but I'm going to help your prayer life, I'm going to help your prayer life, we need that have you ever been praying, Say, God I don't know what to say God I don't know how to pray men, look at me men men seem to somehow struggle praying a little more than women sometimes we don't express ourselves as well as they do. Do you know the Feast of Pentecost was one of the three feasts when every man had to be present in Jerusalem? Do you know the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened on a men's convention? Do you know that was for men? It was a men's convention? The ladies, I'm not saying you were left out, but I'm trying to get you men to hear me. Could it be that we need a little help more with our prayer than the ladies do? Could it be that God can fill you with the Holy Spirit and you can begin to pray with the power of God, when you don't know what to say, he gives you words out of heaven? Oh, my. Now, as we begin to pray, God, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized. I want you to pray, if you would, and say, God, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It starts here and now. Your, your journey to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't have to wait. Acts 2 said it happened suddenly. You just trust him. Ask him, begin to worship, and I, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to do something in your life. Don't fight it when he begins to say, you need some help praying. It may be a one syllable, maybe one phrase. He's not going to grab your jaw and make you talk. You're not going to go in a trance. He honors your will. The Holy Spirit's going to release something in you. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Whatever God gives you, say it. Do You know, rivers come, but you know, rivers begin with one drop of rain that falls on the earth into a little stream. That runs into a river. Do you know that many, many people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Just a little drop of rain on their lips. Just a little phrase, just a little word. Say what he gives you. Are you with me? Say it in faith. Say it in faith. Now, you don't make it up. God's going to give it. God's who you're praying. The tongues is not the main event. Power is. But he's going to give you that gift with it. Are you ready? Let's just begin to pray right now. I want you, if you would, raise your hand and say, Father, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Do it online, right now, right where you are. God's with us. It's time. Father, baptize us in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, I pray that we'll receive. We receive. I release the anointing to receive this in Jesus' name. Every life, every person, everyone in this room right now, it's time to receive. It's time to receive in your home, online, in this moment. If it's a delay in the podcast, it's your day. Come on, church, right now. Father, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, would you be the answer? Jesus, you're my Savior. Now be my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You're the one who saved me. I trust you. I know you. I surrender to you today. Put your hand on me and baptize me baptize me, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, I need your power, I need your strength I need your grace, I can't live this Christian life by myself would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit, come on church, just begin to worship, ask him and then begin to praise him right now come on, that's how God does it, that's how it happens, you open wide your mouth You begin to bless the name of the Lord. If you're here today and you've been baptized in the Spirit and you have a prayer language, I'm going to ask you to begin to pray in the Spirit right now. That's in order because we're talking to God. We're not talking to each other. Come on. Begin to worship in the Spirit. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Come on. Let it go. Let it go for those around you. Begin to worship in the Spirit. Worship. Come on. Worship. 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 Receive. It's a gift. It's a gift. Receive. 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 Come on. Surrender. Just surrender. Surrender your life. Surrender your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Receive. 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 Right there. There it is. Ha. Yeah. Jesus is walking up and down this place. Come on. Jesus is baptizing you in the Spirit in your home, in the church. He's walking. Yeah, 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 here He is. Come on. He's walking. He's touching the fire, the fire, the fire Oh God today. Now, 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 now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive, 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 receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God Receive, baptize Jesus, baptize The church, baptize The church, baptize the church Baptize the church In the name of Jesus Baptize the church, baptize The church in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit Baptize the church Baptize the church Baptize the boys and girls Baptize our students Baptize our single adults. Baptize our parents. Baptize our seniors. Baptize the church. A fiery church. A fiery church. Fiery church. Baptize us. You made us worthy. You made us worthy. You made us worthy. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Come on, worship. Open your worship. Open your worship. Jesus. 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 Right now, right now, right now. Come on. You're right there. You're right there. It's a gift. It's a gift. Jesus' hand is on you. The baptizer is with you. The baptizer is with you. Come on, surrender. Just surrender. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him now. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Come on, worship worship in the spirit pray in the spirit Jesus Jesus walk in this place touch every life every home the fire online the fire online the fire online right now in your home put your hands up worship him in the spirit fire God's doing that I I see it happening online right now I see fire in the I see fire, oh, sitting there at your desk. Fire, 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 fire in your house where you're sitting. Fire, fire. Baptize us, God. Baptize us, God. Fire in the church. Fire in the church. Fire in the church. Fill us, God. Overflow, God. Baptize us, God. If you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, We're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We're thirsty, God. If you're thirsty, we say yes. We say yes. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. Yes. 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 Lord, here we are. Your people receiving your gifts, surrendering our lives. Baptize us. We put our life in your hands. We trust you to immerse us in the fire immerse us in the fire Blow over us Jesus welcome Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah yeah welcome Holy Spirit breathe on this room my 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 that's yours it's right now it's happening right now right now don't doubt it don't doubt it come on right now worship pray your new prayer language pray your new prayer language right now Come on, release that right now. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's your gift. That's your gift. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you Jesus. You know what, guys? You can keep kind of worshiping a little behind me. Listen, listen. This moment is, is, can go with you. Many of you receive right now. Many of you online receive right now. I want you to begin to move in that. Worship in this new prayer language. Worship God. Every day God feel me. God keep it flowing. Now listen. Maybe it hasn't happened yet. It's just a matter of you receiving. Do you hear me? Just a matter of you trusting. It's like God says, here I bought you a cell phone. You're going, eh. Did I deserve it? Is he going to pull it back from me? Is it really mine? Just take it. Maybe you're better by yourself at home. Go take it there. We started something. Do you hear me? We're going to stay on this. I want you to walk in this. I want you to before you go to sleep tonight. God baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Do you know we have people in this church who prayed that prayer before they went to sleep and woke up their spouse praying in tongues in the middle of the night in the bed. God, some people are so in control you had to go to sleep before God can answer your prayer. I mean, I don't understand that, but it's happened. Come on, don't you dare walk off from this. God's going to go with you. The baptizer and the Holy Spirit's with you. The moment you surrender, he's ready. Are you okay? Okay with that? Come on, I want you to walk out of here in faith. Walk out of here thirsty. He said, if you're thirsty, if you're not thirsty, then I can't, I don't know what to say. But if you're thirsty, he's going to fill you up.